calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. To we stand together, an academic pop culture symposium. Mm-hmm. So true. Smart people, dumb topics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, for the pop culture professors, I'm Caitlin Bitsagai. I'm still Lauren Brickman. <laughs> still. You know, one of these days my last name could change. It could be exciting. You change your first name. You could do anything. Well, I, I'm, I think I'm committed to Lauren. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I am interested in my last name, you know expanding its horizons to and if it expands turner its smith. horizons mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> specifically turner smith <laughs> just i mean why why wait some women get a hyphenated last name because they add you're adding both of her names mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay lauren Good. turner smith jackson <laughs> <laughs> rolls off the tongue rolls off the tongue 
like, baby. <laughs> so we're coming in hot today, fresh out of the classroom and into your ears. Mm-hmm. Uh, shockingly, Caitlin and I both have master's degrees and one of us is still teaching legally yeah. in the state of New York. <laughs> oh, um, okay. Figure out what that means. Implication that I'm doing it illegally. I don't know. <laughs> I'm giving out credit <laughs> left and right. But anyways, Caitlin does run a college credit program out of her apartment. <gasps> it is wild what she's getting away with, but I love it. Some colleges accept, some don't, but you won't know <laughs> until you are supposed to graduate that day and then they tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Um, but shockingly, with all of this uh, academic prowess, we have chosen to dedicate ourselves to the world of standing. Obviously. Obviously, why wouldn't we? Caitlin, What's it mean to you to be a stan? I mean, uh, fundamentally an obsessive fan of anything. Mm-hmm. A celeb, mm-hmm. a show, a movie, a Muzak. Ooh, Muzak. Mm-hmm. Similar to music, but with a twist. Caitlin, what are you standing at the moment? And is it an inanimate object or is it a piece of culture? <laughs> you know, I, it's weird. I'm off my bullshit, which I... You know, oh. I I hate that, but I am standing something that's more in line with the topics of this show, a television show on Hulu called The Dropout. And this is starring our queen, Amanda Seyfried, as Elizabeth Holmes, one of the weirdest women that's that's ever existed. You know, we're in a renaissance of sorts of Mm -hmm. scam shows. But they are mm-hmm, not all mm-hmm, made mm-hmm. equally. And I would say no. the dropout is at the top of that. Wow. I'm enjoying it a lot. Enjoying Naveen Andrews, uh, who some of you may remember from Lost as Elizabeth Holmes' very okay. odd, much older boyfriend. And he's giving odd, mm-hmm. much older boyfriends a real sex appeal, got to say. Uh, out of nowhere. Okay. You're like, well, you're a sociopath and a loser. Tell me more. <laughs> so loving it. I, I have a question. Is this a series that I should watch or much like The Affair, should I live through your experience watching it? Do you think I should watch it or should I only know what you choose to I, tell In me? a way, I'd say this is more of a category of you watching because I don't think okay. I'll be obsessively going over the plot so much to anyone that will listen okay. because the plot is, is based on real life. So these things did fair happen. Enough, enough, whereas in okay. The Affair, when Noah stands trial, more tyranny mm-hmm. believes it's for her, but it's actually... Uh, yeah. <laughs> for his much younger girlfriend. I have to say that all the time, legally. Yeah, and it's it's not for me to know if you're right or wrong. It's just for me to experience your experience. <laughs> right, whereas I'm not really talking about the dropout in the same way because it is unbelievable, but it, it did happen. Okay, it okay, okay. Okay, good. I just, I, you know, when you watch a show before me, I always like to know what our relationship rules are. Right, you right, know? right, right. No, that boundaries are important. But what are you standing? Well... Caitlin, <gasps> I'm going to keep riding this wave I've been on. Oh, no. And it's music related, but it's much more specific this time. Okay. This one is, thank you. I got to say, big shout out, big thank you to We Stand Book Club member Kate Vatter, who put on Instagram, anybody want a free ticket to the Sparks? <laughs> and I said, yo, this been claimed. And the show started at eight. I think she messaged me back at like 7.05 being like, not yet. And I was like, All right, I'm going to come. So I impromptu on Monday night at 7.05, was still working. And I said, I got to wrap a few things up, but I'll be there. I got to to this venue town hall about right around eight when the show was supposed to start. Thankfully, they were a little late. Anyways, I saw the Sparks, who I knew of and like I knew some of their songs, but I 
never seen before, but if y'all don't know, the Sparks have been around since like 1966. And it is a fronted by a, two brothers, Ron and Russell. And now they've got like some, you know, they've, they've filled out the band, but it's really Ron and Russell who have been there from the beginning. And they are so fun. And they're like art pop, glam rock electric synth pop and it was like so wild to see these they just it's art it was high art the fandom this is why i wanted to talk about it specifically though i was just so delighted by the stands like their standum was like there on a monday night and they were like it was like a sit-down concert until it wasn't until people were moved to the, they had to stand they were feeling it there was just so much joy and uh i've been listening to them a lot ever since i had always liked the songs i knew but I think the first time I really got wind of them was in like, I think 2015, they did a collaboration with Franz Ferdinand. Oh, wow. And that was how I sort of found my way in. But I've, again, always been a casual listener. But I found out, now I'm really excited. They have like a movie musical called Annette. There's a documentary about them on Amazon wow. Prime. So I've got a big weekend of falling deep into a rabbit hole. And it's all thanks to Kate. And... um Wow. Yeah, that, that's what I'm standing. The sparks. That's amazing. You're never too old to rock and roll, baby. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. you know who we always stand? Oh. We're obsessed with this person in a way that I don't know if they really knew about until we... I think we've made it pretty clear in the last week, <laughs> uh, which is... It feels like a relief to me, but I can't imagine what it feels like for him. Uh <laughs> yeah. Please welcome to the show, Bobby Hankinson. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and right back at you. <laughs> Truly the same levels of griefdom, just <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> You know, sometimes Caitlin and I talk to each other so much throughout the day that I forget, you know, I don't, we don't casually run into you, but we do casually mention you often. So it feels really normal. <laughs> right. And then we run into you and I'm like, oh, I haven't actually seen Bobby in six months, but I've thought about him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, again, like, and the pandemic, you know, kind of came in there yeah. and messed all that up anyway. Up. But truly, this, this was a friendship forged on Facebook, yes. I feel it like. Was. It was forged in the fires of facebook yeah mm -hmm. you know we don't <laughs> we, also do challenges here we stand but i say mm -hmm. listener if you you were had a budding friendship with someone pre-pandemic let's reach out this week reach out yeah. make it real you don't if you don't have to meet up if you're not comfortable that. with it but schedule something yeah especially people that make you feel safe as bobby always did in the og gray's anatomy current on gray's anatomy <laughs> facebook group yes always important to to preface that any gray's anatomy chat group caitlin and i are part of you gotta be current you gotta be current which yeah. don't get me wrong i feel like lots of people say they are gray's anatomy fans mm -hmm. but it truly is it means something different to be current season 350 oh, in. especially to, to make it through the pandemic yeah it's a different it's different even people that left in season 15 they can't know that's where they lost me lost me in the pandemic i dare you to get back into it they actually had the first good episode of the season last week mm -hmm. so oh it's on my dvr oh, i don't not intend to <laughs> do it <laughs> that's right gray's fans come home Grizz fans come home and I dare you I dare you to be brave enough to find out why Link and Amelia aren't together. I dare you. <gasps> oh my god. Oh my god. Well, I, I'm intrigued. And I dare those that, that don't know who the characters Link and Amelia are <laughs> to get back in <laughs> after 10 seasons. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. you know, we're actually we have Bobby here not to talk about Grizz Anatomy shockingly, but... Which is shocking. To launch okay. a, a huge new project that we're mm -hmm. going to be endeavoring on the show for the next few weeks. 
And folks, this project is called WB Madness. We -hmm. will be... Taking an episode of the show for the next few weeks to explore just one show from the wonderful network that was the WB. And I'm going to encourage you all to, if you're not already following us on Instagram, please follow us because we're going to be doing a lot of interactive stuff over the next couple of weeks because WB Madness needs you to weigh in. We want to hear your votes because ultimately at the end of WB Madness, we are going to have a championship winner. Yes, absolutely. There will only be one WB show that will survive. If you don't know what we're talking about, that's wild. I just want to say it's it's the Warner Brothers Network. Mm-hmm television uh, that inspired a lot of uh, teen and young adult focused programming in the late 90s into the aughts. We're going to get into one today. There's many others. I don't even know if I want to say the names of the others. No, I think we should keep it as a surprise. Yeah. I think it, I think each week you got to come and check out what we're doing each week. And if you're like, oh, they just started this, they better mention so-and-so. DM us. Get DM post. us. Your voice will be heard. This actually did stem from a, a listener comment. Listen, for the next couple of weeks, this class requires lab hours. And yes. those lab hours are happening on social media. Okay. So we're actually going to start in an interesting place. We're not going to start perhaps in the most obvious of all WB shows. Well, maybe for the greater context of the WB, it doesn't make the most sense. But when you really zoom in on who we are and what we create, I think it was the obvious. Absolutely. And you can't say it wasn't long running. And it did Mm -mm, do mm -mm. what is essential. And I think we'll probably end up talking about every week, which is it did the WB to CW crossover. It Mm -hmm. crossed the bridge. They didn't all. And so folks today, we're talking about One Tree Hill. Ooh, baby. Baby, 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 baby. Gavin DeGraw. All right. Now that we got a little bit of Davin DeGraw in the house, um, you know, we always like to share sort of our connection to the topic. This one, Caitlin, I think we're particularly uh, accredited. Yeah, I think (laughs) so, too. I mean, I watched this show, I guess, growing up, even though it premiered when I was a teen, but I felt like I watched it as a kid. But my mom, I think because my mom loved it, that also gives me that impression. Lauren gifted me a One Tree Hill shirt and that's mm-hmm. she's giving me shirts all the time but this shirt was particularly <laughs> sure. important because I brought it to Tanzania with me and I had it packed in my auxiliary luggage for Kilimanjaro however on the last day they said if you don't have your if your water bottles are not insulated you will need to wrap them in a t-shirt because they're going to freeze as we walk up and I was first of all terrified at that and second of all, I said, I'm wrapping this bad boy in a One Tree Hill t-shirt because they will protect me. The Ravens will protect me. So so if you wondered, is had a One Tree Hill shirt ever been to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro? It has. I can tell you that for a fact. I also owned the Friends with Benefit uh, CD they did on a physical CD, which sounds less impressive than the first thing, but actually is quite insane. Now, uh, folks, if you're out there going, wow, Lauren got Caitlin a gift. Did Caitlin ever give Lauren a gift? Yes, it stands. I not only have a Keith Scott 
uh, auto body sweatshirt, <laughs> which is my favorite that. sweatshirt. I literally would not have remembered that happened. Oh, yes. there will be photos. But also, <laughs> iconically and insanely, when Caitlin knew I was traveling to my parents' house, she had one tree hill socks right, shipped the to their house uh, to wait for me. So I have a socks and a hoodie. And you know that I'm actually so Caitlin was like, hey, which show should we start with? And I was like, I'm going to be selfish right now. And I'm going to really strong arm you into Winter Hill because I am currently doing a rewatch Amazing. like a sociopath. Oh, yeah. I watch some of those first episodes all the time. And oh, I watch I watch certain episodes constantly, but I am doing my like a true every episode rewatch right now. And as relevant to current times, uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lauren and I have made a web series called One Horse Town that mm. is is a parody of, of all the teen shows. You don't have to have seen One Tree Hill to enjoy it. But I will say perhaps it most stems from One Tree Hill, not just because of what's on screen during the show, but because of One Tree Hill's psychotic interaction among their cast yeah. during and after the show uh yeah. just as a brief rundown chad michael murray and sophia bush were married in real life and divorced immediately uh mm -hmm. off camera she then dated both james laftery and austin nichols for a long time she is still best friends with bethany joy lens and hillary burton they mm -hmm. all love like the people that played their parents are their parents like yep. if you follow them mm -hmm. on instagram they love them so so much so they're all yeah. obsessed with each other. And that's that's the conceit behind our fictional show as well. And Bobby hosted our premiere party. It was so incredibly funny and so perfect. Yes. That we had to have him on the show today, despite the fact that you are not a one tree hill stand, which we don't usually do this to people, but we just felt like despite not being a stan, we knew that you were the right person for this job. You know what? I feel called to this in this moment right. mm -hmm. um and i'm coming in i feel like embedded in a new world mm. that's the perspective i'm bringing fresh eyes yes. looking at it now um and take and already it's taking me back and caitlin you're like one uh, one horse town is like not the full inspiration but it's a lot that's because i, I what i'm learning in this deep dive mm -hmm. this this first discovery phase with one tree hill is that it is like the most like perfectly concentrate like distilled down teen drama mm -hmm. that exists like it's i think like to what salt lake city is to real housewives <gasps> i'm getting the vibe wow. that this wow. is to teen drama right they've perfected wow. the form and for, yes. you know like they've really it's the purest distillation exactly and for better or worse they've both seen a lot of shows that came <laughs> before them mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. i mean uh in the first episode of One Tree Hill, they mention Joey and Dawson. Like mm -hmm. it, they reference their network yeah. partner, Dawson's Creek, immediately. Did Dawson just end just before this started? I believe was there like a handoff, or was there how much of an overlap was there? Because I think it might have been like a, a like season to season handoff, if I'm recalling. It's interesting to think when was it like uh film versus like yeah 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 oh yeah. yeah but no but i still think you're right but i just mean that's bold it was very close because yeah dawson's creek wrapped in 2003 may of 2003 and then one tree hill premiered that fall, fall. but that yeah. makes me wonder like when yeah but that's still that's amazing yeah well and that's also when the oc premiered too i mean 2003 is when teen drama cracked open it really feels huge. like this is the moment definitively that we can all look back on as as when it yeah. kicked the shot heard around the world and here's the thing love him hate him 
confused by him. None of us can deny that Chad Michael Murray, who is the protagonist, the star of One Tree Hill, at least in the beginning, he ran the gauntlet. Our boy started at Gilmore Girls, got promoted to Dawson's Creek, and then he joined Varsity with One Tree Hill because yeah. it was his own show. And my God, we love a king who realizes his place and then circles back to do Riverdale. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. On that note, I might just give a quick, quick summary of the... Mm-hmm, I will not mm-hmm. say the plot, I'll say the premise yeah. of yes. One Tree Hill. The premise of One Tree Hill is that Lucas Scott, as played by Chad Michael Murray, is the half-brother of popular teen... Nate, who's played by James Laftery. They have the same dad. The dad does not recognize older brother Chad Michael Murray, Lucas. They both have great moms. We'll find out. And here's the thing. They're both so good at basketball and they go to the same high school. So it's like, uh, what? They're going to meet on the basketball court, which they do. When we meet these characters, Nathan has a girlfriend named Peyton, as played by Hillary Burton. Her best friend is Brooke, as played by Sophia Bush. Lucas has a best friend na- named Haley, played by Bethany Joy Lenz, the least famous person in that like stand up to racism video in the in 2020. Congrats to her. Throughout the first season, we see a love triangle emerge between Peyton, Brooke, and Lucas and Nathan and Haley uh, get together. So we've got things crisscrossed. Those are our five starter characters. There's also their parents, Dan, their evil dad. They both hate their dad. Karen, the wonderful mom who owns a cafe. Deb, the wonderful mom who's a drunk. And aforementioned Keith, who owns an auto body shop and is kind of a dad to everyone, as well as Whitey, their basketball coach. Any other salient details I missed, Lauren? I mean, I know a lot more happens. We're about to get into that actually with game one, but. Well, I, I do think we, it's important to acknowledge that despite the fact that the cast are all like obsessed with each other and a lot of them not only are creating content and going to fan cons, like they're into it, but it was a super toxic set. I do think mm. we need to acknowledge okay. uh, famously, again, something that we did sort of use for inspiration in our own project. Uh, we got a lot of Me Too allegations going on in that set. So like as happy-go-lucky as this fandom is, I do think something of note is that it was a horrific example of the darkness of the industry and the underbelly of it. And I think that framing around some of the storylines that we're going to come up with tonight, I think is just important context for anyone who is not grounded in the standum. There All was right. These teens were going through it on screen and off screen. So true. And I think that takes us to game one, Lauren. I do. I do. This is a game called Did It One Tree Happen? Bobby, you're new to the One Tree fandom. But the show spanned nine seasons and 187 episodes. So a lot happened. I'm going to give you a plot line. You tell me if it one tree happened or it one tree didn't happen. Okay. feel good. All right. I'm ready. Nathan and Haley got married in junior year of high school. Ooh. I'm going to say it didn't happen because I feel they want to like stretch a will they, will they, won't they romance as long as possible. A one tree happened. <gasps> no. Quinn and Clay, two characters we haven't even mentioned, were ghosts for a while. <laughs> okay, that I do. I do think that one tree happened. I'm going to say it did happen. Correct. Nathan was thrown yeah. <laughs> through a window, ending his MBA career. I feel like the most I know about One Tree Hill comes from the soup. You know what I mean? From like watching. <laughs> yeah. This was like PS yes. soup time. And 
One Tree Hill was a frequent yes, the suit. Absolutely. I, I feel like I've been prepped for the sort of ridiculousness that befalls these beautiful idiots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it one tree happened. All right. Kevin Federline played a devious rock singer named Jason Federline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say One Tree Happened. It One Tree Happened. Nathan yes. gets caught up with a loan shark played by Vanessa Williams' ex, Rick Fox. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Let that sink in. It One Tree Happened. All right. Peyton's long-lost biological brother turns out to be a stalker. Oh, my God. All right. I'm going to say that one did not One Tree Happen. That One Tree Happened. It was one of the worst plots, I think, personally. Yeah. It was pretty bad. All right. Lucas turns the plots of One Tree Hill into a best-selling novel called An Unkindness of Ravens. Okay, this I know does happen. <laughs> this... <laughs> it does. A One Tree happen. A nanny kidnaps Nathan and Haley's baby. Ooh. That surely could not have One Tree happen because it's already so established somewhere else. A One Tree happened. Did Jake, played by Brian Greenberg, as if not mentioned yet, kidnap his own baby? Okay, I'm gonna like bet big here and say no. It also did not one tree happen because or or this is rigged. <laughs> it is rigged. One tree happened. And did Nathan, as an adult, <laughs> did Nathan as an adult get kidnapped in Europe? I'm gonna say yes. That did one tree happen. <laughs> and finally, you should know this one. Did a dog eat Dan's heart? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it absolutely one tree happened that i've seen with my own human eyes all happened and the best part about the dan's heart getting eaten by a dog and this was edited on the soup to great effect is that episode was directed by chad michael murray (laughs) (laughs) oh i forgot about that and folks the heart wasn't in his body when it happened it was in a transplant cooler that fell over and a dog ate it of course it was why why would it be anything else and that's another subplot is that dan and lucas have heart problems that are genetic that nathan doesn't have Ooh. just a reminder mm-hmm. that's why mm-hmm. actually lucas does not pursue collegiate athletics and instead you know writes a novel but wow but all of these things happened a lot of kidnapping plots <laughs> ghost that's and there's also keith's ghost i didn't even include that oh my god if there's so many ghosts on this show i guess it's because it was on for so long <laughs> yeah it was on for for nine seasons and in the old days if you gotta do 22 eps a season babe you're not doing a streamer with six you know you oh yeah these are not limited series Oh, there was nothing limited. <laughs> There's nothing limited about what you I the other night when I decided to start my rewatch, I could not believe how long season one was. I was like, we have to be in season five by now. And I was like, we're barely into season one. No, it to Bobby's point about will they, won't they? Oh, they'll just do it again. Like they'll just <laughs> cycle back within four episodes. Like yeah. they'll have a full wedding in the first yeah. half a season. And then Haley and Nathan have like 30 weddings. <laughs> Well, because I just got to the point where, like, they had multiple weddings, but now they're, they already had a party, and now they're at their bachelor and bachelorette parties. Like, but they did that after they got married. Like, several episodes after they got married, they're finally having their bachelor bachelorette party, and it is so insane to me. Like, so insane. They're also 17. I'm loving all the sounds of this. I need to know right off the bat, though, how much basketball yeah. does factor in? And, and by that, I mean how much 
basketball. I'm very sports averse. Um, and so mm. I think that also might have what kept me from One Tree Hill if basketball, it was so basketball forward. You know what I mean? In these early seasons. I love basketball forward as a term. Um, no, I don't think you have to know anything about basketball. You certainly don't. There's basically the coach is an important part of it. And then them as brothers playing. But okay. the team is not a big part of it. As kind of comedic foils throughout. But I would not say team dynamic comes There's into it. There's a lot it. of sport focused plot about, you know, uh, <laughs> extended game footage. I'm going to say this, Caitlin. You are someone who likes sports and engages with sports a lot. So I feel like it does not feel present for you in the same way. I will say this. I don't mind it. I find it enjoyable. I think it moves the story along. It makes sense. But there's a lot of basketball. Okay. Okay. This is I, good feedback. I mean, this is what I needed to hear. I got to hear. It's written for people that don't know about it i can tell you that pretty fully like in the same way like mary's plots on seventh heaven are written for people that don't understand anything about it like it it is written for that or like sports on riverdale sports on riverdale is just like an excuse to do like softcore gay porn it's more important than it is on riverdale but to Caitlin's point, like, obviously it's written for me. Like, I don't know what's happening at any given moment. So the, the, I believe everything. I have no nuanced opinions about the game, but they do talk about the game a lot. Okay, like in like lofty metaphor kind of way? Like no, the there's nothing course. lofty. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's more like their individual paths with it. Like I said, like mm-hmm. Lucas wants to be a basketball player, but he has a heart problem. Mm, like yeah. these kind of things. And like well, yeah. Nathan wants to play like d1 but then like you know also like is he good enough these kind of like existential crises and stuff okay yeah all right okay so you know it's it's fun though don't let that be why you don't come hang out it's tempting i'm cute with every watch yeah i mean there's 187 apps so all right what we're gonna let bobby watch i think 34 episodes and then we're gonna come back (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna present a thesis You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. 
GZM Shows and the creators of Six Minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast Discovering Dad. A cautious single dad with a secret past and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure, villains, and a family curse. New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode. Or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more. All right. So, Bobby, uh, that must have been exhausting to watch so many episodes so quickly. But we thank you for it. We really do. Honestly, it was a pleasure. It felt shorter than the morning show. So... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not saying much. But, you know, I want to speak today about I, what, what I actually think are, if, if you were to pitch, One Tree Hill is the best WB show. And I'm not saying I am, but I'm saying this is what you would say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think while it presents many of the WB's lowest lows, and uh, part of why I wanted to do game one was to go over the truly insane things that happen and how they just fall asleep at the wheel yeah. in the writer's room all the time. And, and even to Brickman's point about like, the chronology of it. Like they just get stuff wrong all the time. But I think it also presents emotionally a lot of WB's highest highs because Mm. of their focus on personal connection, not just romantic, though we're going to go over one of those, Mm. but they do romantic relationships, friendships, and like the mentor thing very well. All three. And I don't know that another show has as many like true a true good spider web of like Nathan's relationship to Peyton as a friend is different to his relationship than Brooke and different than his romantic relationship with Haley. Like they're all quite distinct. I would actually say in a Grey's Anatomy type way. So I would like to look at some clips. This is from, yeah. I would say the rock of, of the romantic uh, relationships uh, on the show though could be argued. This is a Naley clip uh, from season one, episode four. Thought you left. Yeah, uh, I tried to. The stupid cab would ever get here. I'm glad you stayed. Wanted to thank you for holding back. What do you mean? (sighs) Jerk is pretty tame. Could have called me a lot worse. Probably deserved it. Look, I've been thinking a lot about this tutoring thing. I'm sorry. I I just don't think it's a good idea. Lucas. Obviously, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. There's no good that can possibly come of this. Really? Thought I saw you guys fight back there. Meaning what? That I should keep tutoring you to stick it to him? Maybe that's how they do things in Nathan land, but I'm not going to do that to my best friend. Maybe you're doing me a favor then. What does that mean? Sometimes I think it'd be easier if I got kicked off the team. Especially with my dad. I should go find um, Lucas and just, just try and smooth things over. He left a while ago. Great. Well, I guess I'm walking. Let me give you a ride. It's not that far. Forget it, you're not gonna walk. Look, you take Peyton's car. I am really fine. You're a little high on yourself, aren't you? Going around telling people you're all fine. 
Look, please just take the ride. It's the least I can do. Oh my God. I truly find this scene so charming. And in part because they're so the level of clever that teens would be like, they aren't smarter than their years. They're just like kind of saying something half clever. Like it's not really, but like you can imagine being in that situation and finding it. It feels very realistic sometimes moment to moment in their interactions. And I mean, the whole funny thing of like, he needs her to be his tutor. Like, please, like you're the only one. Like, this is such a fantasy for a certain type of person. And it again, the backstory is she is his brother's best friend and they can't, I can't tutor you. I love that clip. Um, I will say that I've heard the expression take a, sh- uh, a long walk off a short pier, but I've never <laughs> seen someone take a short walk on a long pier, which is what that scene <laughs> showed. You know, piers can look like anything, I guess. It's, it's truly, you know, beautiful. But that that is the relationship. That's episode four. Brick, but off the top of your head, do you know what episode they get married in? It's not long after this. Um, They got married in in the season finale is it all the way to the season finale yeah they don't get married in season one they get married at the very end because it's like it's either the season finale or the next to last episode because it's when lucas goes to say goodbye to Haley. that's when he finds out they're married right 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 uh also the premise being that Haley wants to save herself for marriage and yeah gets married well, because there's this amazing moment of almost slut shaming where he's like, I thought you were going to save yourself for marriage. Yes. And then she goes, I did. Yes. And he's like, oh, my bad, bro. Like, wow, what a mixed message. <laughs> yeah. The show is not actually huge on slut shaming, but I agree with you. That moment is like, no. I'm your keeper, your best friend. I was about to get really pissed, but totally cool that you got married. It's a very strange moment. Um, That is weird yeah you're right that is odd but i would love to speak on whitey who is the basketball coach who is played by maurice from (laughs) uh northern exposure Mm -hmm. barry corbin who is a delight in every part he ever does he's an emmy winner for northern exposure he is available on cameo i have actually not purchased a barry corbin cameo which i find odd because i've actually watched a bunch um if you do buy his cameos he does them from like a saloon in texas that is in his own basement it's very beautiful um so he's a basketball coach but kind of has this you know mentor relationship with everyone in the cast Mm -hmm. and here is him with pete a lot of smokers in this place. I don't really smoke. I just figured since Nathan and I broke up, I've got room for a new bad habit. Time if I sit down. She was quite a gal, your mother. She used to lead cheers for my team, too. got her looks i don't really remember her oh i do she was a wily one your old man didn't stand a chance <laughs> so what are you doing here making a reservation <laughs> you better watch it no no my wife camilla is buried out here Right over beyond those trees. 
couldn't get in a word edgewise while she was alive, so I come out here and visit, tell her about things. You think she's listening? Oh, yeah. I know she's listening. I lost my wife just about the time your mother passed away. That always makes this week a tough one. They're all tough. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, it really is, uh, grief is a big theme in the show. And the same way this show has high highs and low lows, like I think they do sometimes realistically explore grief. Peyton's mom has died and then she finds her bio mom and then her bio mom dies. And uh, Whitey's wife has died. They lose Keith in the show. But like the thing about the show is like it also have like the cartoony elements of like Keith died. That's really sad. Oh, he was murdered by Dan who faked it to make look like a school shooting. Like, you're like, no, why, why does it have to be like that? But I really I feel like there's a lot of good relationship development in the show. And, oh, that's another thing. Peyton is a cheerleader to honor her mom and because her best friend Brooke does it. But she's like an indie rock chick. That makes no sense, yeah. but is so again, it, it's a just complete fantasy fulfillment for a high schooler where you're like, I get to be a part of every cool clique, <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. inside and the outside. Yay. <laughs> makes absolutely no sense. And then finally, to me, it's not my number one romantic relationship, but it's my number one relationship on the show. It is the friendship between Peyton and Brooke. Complicated setup for this scene, may I say. So, as I said, they're in a love triangle with Lucas. Lucas and Brooke had... Actually, stop me if I'm wrong here, Lauren. But Lucas and Brooke had been dating. They started having an affair with Lucas and Peyton, right? That's that point? Yeah, it's pretty complicated. So, uh, Lucas wants to date Peyton. She freaks out. And then pretty quickly, he goes, well, if you're not going to date me, I'll date your friend. But then they all are like, wait, no, we're supposed to be together. So it's like this weird thing where like, does he cheat on Peyton with Brooke? Yes. No, no, no. He cheats. This is the point I'm talking about is when he cheats on Brooke with Peyton. <laughs> anyway, both things happen, actually. Um, at any rate, we're wait. a little confused on the timeline because this is this is well into season four. So so both things have happened. Oh, you're in season four. You're on season four. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes. My brain is way back in season one because that's what I'm watching. You're yes. right. You're right. Yes, you're right. Yes, yes. Oh, my so, God. So the fact that we have this confusion is just why the show is so perfect. This is the show. and. Mm-hmm. and so all is to say, Lucas has dated both and cheated. And then it comes out, and this is really honestly my favorite episode in so many ways. They find an old VHS tape at a party and they find a tape of Nathan and Brooke having sex from back in the day when Nathan used to date Peyton. So... What Peyton is mad about, if you can follow me, listener, please remember to breathe, remember to exhale, inhale. What Peyton is mad about is that when she was the other woman, Brooke was so mad at her when in fact she had originally been the other woman, it turns out. But really, it's not about the boys in this scene. It is about their friendship and their anger towards each other and when they've let things slide and when they haven't. And this is a very emotional Seriously, you are egging my house? Well, are you going to give my dress back to me? The guy at the store told me you had it. Described you down to your bony ass. So go naked. Think of all the time you're going to save hooking up with someone else's boyfriend. You're one to talk. You are one to talk, Peyton. Okay, so you said we were never friends, huh? Never meant anything to you? Fine. Want to 
see something else? Here's a picture of you and Lucas on my birthday. So who's the whore Dress, but that Ooh. mug that Brooke uh, breaks is is I believe it belonged to Peyton's mom. I just found their relationship, even as the hyperbolic moments of of One Tree Hill, very believable, and that they're they're angry at each other, very believable. I mean, that fight was a little intense. I mean, she yeah. straight up like picked her up, carried her across the lawn, and body slammed mm-hmm. her on the ground. As someone who watches WWE, like that was some very. <laughs> Every time you see a fight between real teenagers, it's never like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's always, I mean, you probably know from real classrooms, but I just recall just like, yeah, it's always just like, <laughs> you know, what? everyone's just slapping each other uh, so wildly. True. Um, and I don't think I, I mean, those are the only clips I'm going to show, but like other just honorable mention, amazing relationships are Brooke and Mouth. Wow. Yeah. L- Lucas and Skills. Uh, Brooke and what is Danielle Ackles' character name? Oh, 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 Who oh! It's like her substitute best friend when she's not in with Peyton, which is such a person people have in high school, like yes. the backup she's, best friend when like things well, are not working. And she's absolutely iconic because she then ends up marrying the guy from in real life from Supernatural. Supernatural. Yes, she's a uh, yes. No, she's absolutely WBCW royalty. Royalty. <laughs> Rachel, right? Rachel. Rachel? Is she Rachel? I think so. I think so. That sounds right. Yeah. That her her right. real name is more soapy than her character name. Because her real yeah. name's Danielle. Yeah. Like, it doesn't get better than Danielle. <laughs> yeah. No. They have, like, three or four children, too. So we've got a WB super generation coming up, and that's mm-hmm. exciting. So, I don't know. I, I really just wanted to point out, there are really emotional and wonderful parts of One Tree Hill. And it works on... It's absolutely melodrama because it works on every level. Like, yeah. you never know what could happen. I mean, you could have Jason Federline be a character as played by the wonderful actor Kevin Federline. Or, you know, you could be crying. You could have... Uh, you could have Stephen Coletti show up out of nowhere. Yes, Stephen Coletti from The Hills and uh, Laguna Beach is honestly becomes like kind of a main character. They had a lot of musicians on on One Tree Hill, oh, yes. right? They had yes. Gavin DeGraw was on it, Cheryl Crow, mm-hmm. right? And then, and yes. then uh, this was, and I do remember this uh, Fallout Boy being on yes. this because yes. 
I will. I don't know if this, I, I guess the originator of the dick pic as we know it today, right. not the first yeah. picture of a penis to go viral sure. or of a famous sure. person, but I think the very first of what we would consider a dick pic was of course Pete Wentz, which I, right. so I was at that point, like art, like reading, I like, had like news alerts for Pete Wentz at that point. Amazing. Totally. Well, and I have to say, my guy, um, he recently, they recently were talking about that cameo and Pete didn't realize that they were like playing high schoolers, I guess. Ha! And so like they were like, there was a clip recently that someone was like, yeah, I feel bad for Pete. He just sort of showed up to set and didn't realize and was like in this weird situation where like he's kind of being directed to flirt with my character and he's an adult male, not in high school. And I'm high school. And the poor guy was just reporting to set, not knowing what he was doing. And I just love that. Well, yeah, because she owned a music club. So if that's all they yeah. told him about it, like it wouldn't be weird. Yeah. And then it was weird. And then you feel bad. And you're like, my guy. Anyways. Pete Wentz has been on a journey in this thing called pop culture. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but I got to say, you're right. They really did love cramming a musician in the show because also two other people that were like regularly on the show, like we're talking like 30 plus episodes, were Kate Vogel and Tyler Hilton. Oh, Tyler Hilton. Oh, oh constantly. And he's definitely friends with all of them still. Yeah. But Kate, as Mia Catalano, was on 35 episodes. That is crazy. Like truly some of the prestige streamers don't have 35 episodes. Meanwhile, Kate Vogel's been on 35 episodes of Poetry <laughs> It's crazy. This show will never cease to amaze. Like, it's just incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Anyways. Well, thank you. Yeah, I guess this is a good time, though, to just pause for a moment. I, Bobby, any questions? Yes. Anything yes. that you're like? I mean, I do want to know about, I think it's the character is Mouse, but that's yes. Mink Minkus from Boy yes! Meets World, right? Okay. Yes, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Minkus. Okay, great. Right, yeah. I just was confirming. Because I, I was trying to do some research and also the research, mm -hmm. if you Google like One Tree Hill, it's truly just like the first three pages are like, what does the cast of One Tree Hill look like now? <laughs> it's like honestly <laughs> three full pages of results like that. Uh, so once I got through that, I did see a clip of someone singing a Pat Benatar cover. Oof, so good. There was a, at one point, though, you know, there was intercut with scenes and there were two girls on the hood of a car with a baby. And I was unsure yes. if it was a real baby or... It, it was one of so that was supposed to be a real baby because if you look closely yes. it is one million percent not even close to a human baby eyes painted on and so <laughs> i'm like 99.9 percent .9 sure i just watched the episode you're talking about <laughs> okay so there's a real because you know in a high school show there's always the episode where they do the like mm -hmm. oh take home the robot baby assignment and learn something about ah, yourself good question you know good question and so i was like no. whoa because there's definitely a scene in season one, I think, where Peyton and Brooke are playing with uh, the character Jake, who is Brian Greenberg. There's this guy in the basketball team that like mysteriously is allowed to miss things for like several episodes. And the big reveal is he's a, a single dad. And because Whitey's a good mentor to him. He mm -hmm. has different roles. And then him and okay. Peyton get close because she's like really supportive. But the big thing in the episode when it's revealed is Lucas goes, you shouldn't hide that child because that child will always feel like it's you're ashamed of them if you hide them. Because <gasps> he knows because his father doesn't acknowledge him. Because he knows. This is so up my alley. And it's like this moment where he's like, I'm protecting the kid. And, and Lucas is like, doesn't matter what your reasons are. Child's wow. going to feel like you're ashamed. And it's really powerful stuff, actually. It's really, really powerful stuff. And But there is a lot of misogyny when we meet uh, Jenny's mm -hmm. mom. The baby's mm -hmm. mom. That is like a very loaded, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> just <laughs> snake of a character that just wants to be a mom to get money. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but, but, you know, whatever. 
we love we love Brian Greenberg. We love a Brian Greenberg moment. We love him. We love him. Um, yeah. Other questions. Does Whitey only ever appear in Coach Garb? Like, is he always wearing a windbreaker and a hat and a whistle, like in the graveyard at a wedding, like doing his taxes all the time? <laughs> Most of the time, but he does wear suits and stuff. Okay. Oh, wow. He was in the cemetery, and <laughs> and like, and I was like, is he just was he coming from a game or always? But then my last question actually is it's more uh, open ended. So Chad Michael Murray yeah, and right. Shane and Shane West have we seen them in the same room at the same time? Because <laughs> <laughs> they are constantly in my mind overlapping. And then even watching this, especially early Chad Michael Murray, right. real Shane West vibes. And in my yeah. head and my like um, queer adolescent youth, horny for all these boys, like they overlap so much. No, uh, it's yeah. a great point. So how in the wild would you say in your expert opinion, can you spot the differences? You come across one in the wild. How would you identify if you're looking at a Jen Michael Murray or a Shane West? I will say this. Shane, to me, Shane West is three years Chad Michael Murray senior, right? Okay. And how does that uh, present itself? Well, it presents itself in this way. It allowed Shane to start auditioning, I think, just a hair earlier. So like, Shane's biggest credits, like he was, he was, he's just a little ahead. So like his credits are just a little bit older than Chad's. That's how he ended up on ER, right? He got to have that juicy, juicy ER stint because he'd been working just a slight moment older. And so I think he carries that. I think he carries that age on him and his person. But it's also a joyful uh, weight because he has worked alongside the Mandy Moore. And I think that mm. dichotomy makes him float. I assume that Shane West actually floats and doesn't walk. And Chad Michael Murray has to carry the shame of divorcing Sophia Bush because he had an affair with Paris Hilton on the set of that crazy horror movie. House of Wax. House of <gasps> Wax, yes. So he, his head is low when he walks and Shane West is floating. That's what I think. Okay. I don't know, Caitlin, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think their body work is a little different. I mean, mm -hmm. I definitely think Chad Michael Murray hates Shane West, and Shane West doesn't think oh, yeah. about Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> a thousand percent. Wow. Mm -hmm. Great. Now, I don't know if you'll be able to spot that if you just see them at a restaurant, but... <laughs> I find them both to be a, a specific category of actors. I like to say, like, actors that have faces like cats. Adrian Grenier okay. or whatever oh. is in this category. Oh, yeah. He got yeah. a cat face. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, Ian Samohalder or whatever also has a cat face. Cat face. And I think yeah. uh, both Shane and Chad Michael Murray have a little bit of, like, a feline something to Ooh, their yeah. faces. They're just a category of actors that look like wow. cats. Wow. That is... Cactors. I had never, that is going to haunt me for so long. And you'll see some and you'll be like, sometimes Leonardo DiCaprio qualifies and you're like, what? Uh, and yeah, you'll, but not always. You're right. Yeah. Now you'll see it everywhere. <laughs> I will say, Chad actually has like a couple of more credits on IMDb than Shane does. But damn, Shane has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven that are up and coming. He's been working. Book the blast. He is booked and blessed in the year of our Lord 2022. My Lord. Well, I mean, it's true. I mean, like, Chad, I mean, if we're just taking as a small sample, I mean, they, like, Hillary Burton will interact with Chad Michael Murray online, but mostly, like, they they still, like, love James Laftery. They love Stephen yeah. Coletti, even though they used to date him, too. <laughs> so he was even able to break up with them in some way mm -hmm. that was normal and not, again, having sex with Paris Hilton on the set of House of Wax. I don't know. Maybe my last name should be Michael Murray. Probably not. 
Probably not. Maybe it should be Chad Turner Smith. <laughs> should be your Maybe my name should be Lauren, Chad Michael Murray, Jody Turner Smith, Joshua Jackson. Just a thought. Food for thought. I think you'd get booked. Thank you. Um, well, speaking of getting booked, I think it's time to play another game. Yeah. Bobby, we knew that regardless of your relationship prior to this moment with One Tree Hill, that you would immediately take it to like a like a fish in water. And so we've noticed something. We've noticed that the women of One Tree Hill have, as all former teen stars must, started a podcast uh, in the spirit of the office ladies. They've got a podcast called Drama Queens. Now, did this coincide with it... The show ending up on HBO Max. Yes, it did. Mm. So what does this mean? We are inevitably feeling out the possibility of what a reboot. So, Bobby, you are very funny. You are extremely pop culture literate. And it's inevitable that you were going to be asked to submit to this writer's room. Now... Here's here's the thing. HBO Max does call me directly whenever they're thinking about doing teen drama reboots. And they said, we heard Bobby's on the show today. We need him to come up with a pitch for us. And so we're doing Pitch Fire One Tree Hill edition with you. And I've got I've got a series of questions that you have to answer right now because we only have until the end of this taping <laughs> to yep. get your packet in. Okay. <laughs> Here is the first question. Now you, Bobby, have to pitch them. Is this a reboot, a redo, or a continuation? Ooh. Because there are slight differences here. It's going to be, I, I think, a reboot. A okay. reboot. Okay. Yep, yep. Okay. So not, okay. not returning the same ground exactly, not revisiting the same characters. I think there's been too much history here. We've got to start oh, wow. fresh. Wow. Yeah. So, so then my second question is, what are we keeping? How do we know we're back in One Tree Hill? Wow. Well, we're keeping the small town setting. Right. Okay. We are keeping one detail that has stuck with me from the Wikipedia I read before this started. We're keeping the rickety bridge where that is prone to accidents. <laughs> it just ah. like that's an important part of it. Yeah. So there will be a uh, shared family history, I think, is necessary. <gasps> I think a sibling relationship is necessary. Um, though okay. I will say, I will be very honest, Afra, we will not be doing basketball. Uh, in case that wasn't okay. clear already, there will yeah, not yeah, be yeah. basketball. Yeah. Okay. So are you, based on what you've learned today, both in your own research and what we've shared, are you going to bring anyone from the original cast back? Is there anyone that you're like, we have to have them? Great question. There is not. But I, what I do uh, want, though, <laughs> is um, I want the, the voice of Whitey to appear somehow <gasps> in either in like clips or in um, oh. some sort of like a hologram, maybe, or something mm. of that nature that sort of brings his wisdom to a new generation. Mm. Okay. Mm. Oh, my God. What if? Okay. Sorry to insert myself. Please. What if they, the current students, can get cameos from Whitey? <laughs> so they okay. sometimes buy cameos from Whitey that Barry Corbin can just film himself. So yeah. here's, I have a really, this this is a more earnest pitch, but as soon as you, because of our shared love of Grey's Anatomy, yeah. and we all know how much impact Ellis Gray's journals no. have made. Oh, oh my God. I'm wondering, what yeah. if the first episode, the new kids are un, like digging up like a time capsule and inside the time capsule is like letters from Whitey or something. Oh, and that's what we're God. hearing. No, it's another, it's a never released, never completed 
book by Lucas <gasps> full oh. of whiz called called Whitey's Wisdom. And it's all of the Who's lessons. Dad? Lucas's dad. Yeah, but it, it was uh, he wrote it before yeah. and left yeah, it yeah, behind no, the no, time capsule. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So and it's Whitey's wisdom he wrote to honor him, but never had the chance to like bring it to fruition. And someone these yeah. this next generation finds it and is like living out these lessons now. Sort of like and the premise is sort of like what would you tell your younger self? So like what oh, yeah. would Lucas? So that's really the hook that brings wow. in the viewer here oh, for this bitch. Wow. It's like how could they? Uh, learn those lessons and you know the way that they didn't get the chance to so this is the chance so it's a reboot but wow. in a way it's a redo but it's a reboot wow. but in a, you wow, know wow, wow. yeah wow. that's what i'm going with wow i love this so <laughs> can you quickly give me the log line for this new show <laughs> yes i can you know that thing that we all do spend hours on when we're doing packets i'm gonna yeah, ask you yeah. 10 seconds mm-hmm. yeah 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 uh <laughs> <laughs> something this is so bad it would be like i love it Life's greatest lesson is friendship, but for everything <gasps> else, you know, you gotta look. Yeah! You, gotta, you gotta look to who came before you, or whatever. It's just something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. friendship is obviously a big part of it. It's obvious, yeah. and, and, and of course, like the new core five group of people that will constantly be um, re like configured in different permutations of love triangles are going to be mm-hmm. all kinds of of gossip girl euphoria queer, and just be able to ping pong yeah. around. We're going to have permutations that you didn't think were possible with One for Hill. <laughs> like there were oh so many. We're going to go into whole new different places now that now that like all gender and sexuality mm-hmm. is on the table. Yeah. Like like it was not in 2003 in any way. Uh, no, 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 no. Now we're able to write that wrong, too. <gasps> wow. I love this. OK, so now a really important question. We've already talked about what uh, musical legacy the show has. And we all know Gavin DeGraw did the original theme song. Who's doing it for the reboot? Oh my God, this is a great, this is a really good question. Cause it's gotta be someone like kind of up and coming, but not that challenging. Yeah. It can't be anyone challenging mm-hmm. and it can't be, but it also yeah. shouldn't be. Cause at the time this, that was Gavin DeGraw's. I feel like. Yeah. Is. Yeah. So he wouldn't have it was come. His moment. Ooh, so who now would be, you know, who'd be really interesting for this? Is a, a, this is a little, this might be a little edgy. This might be a little, okay. a little on the, on the pitchfork side of things. But um, are you guys familiar with Orville Peck? The sort of gay country artist who does the yes, wears a mask. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, Roy yes, Orbison, yes. sort of old school. Yes, so I think oh my gosh, it, that's he it. has like a something in his voice. He can even do a cover of "I Don't Want to Be." Let's say we yeah. get the right. Oh, you. But will. I think like because they did because the, I'm I know that the last season they did all covers of "I Don't Want to Be" as the theme by all different artists <gasps> on that. Wow. So yes, 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 yes. You got to keep the song, the theme. That's that's crucial to mm-hmm. that. That is something we're bringing with us. Wow. Okay. Now, last question. You have 10 seconds to convince HBO's executives that you are the only man who can bring this show to life. Why you, Bobby? Well, Having not grown up with the show, why you? Yeah, because it's, again, the perfect distillation of the best parts of the and the worst parts of the teenage form. Every trope has taken place through One Tree Hill. And whether it's the OC with all the cool music stuff, the Degrassi, the way they tackle actual issues like Degrassi, or whether it's like the way off the wall kind of like crazy soapy gossip girl plot twists. Um, it's all of those things. And in a world, uh, so having the background and all of that stuff. Uh, and it's, it's like me where it's a little sweet too. And it's a little, it's not euphoria. This is not going to be no. kids raw dog in it all the time. No. on the screen. And, and, no. and, and 
doing moon rocks and who knows what else like none of that it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit more hearkening back to a simpler time a smaller town they're not the tiktok teens these are not your tiktok teens people these are not your TikTok teams. Oh my God. Bobby, this is a great I'm pitch. so excited. I love this pitch. Um, we have to take a quick break because HBO Max is blowing up my phone. It's crazy. Week after week, all of these studio executives are just always calling us, and yet no one's given us a deal. That's well, weird. there's a lot of paperwork that we don't look at. We don't understand. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to go collect some paperwork on Bobby's behalf and get his deal signed, and we'll be right back. All right. The ink has dried. The contract <laughs> is uh, official. Congratulations, Bobby. You're bringing One Tree Hill back to HBO. This wow. is huge. Uh, I feel like um, Lisa Barlow. I'm Richard, all of you, and I don't need to be here. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, I think this is the perfect time then to just firmly sit on top of my bullshit. I have maybe one of my most pretentious thesis statements of in the history of this show. I'm so excited. I don't think I've ever been as on my bullshit as I am today. But as I mentioned, I am doing a rewatch. And, you know, Caitlin made a comment when we were debating the ethics of asking you to do this theme and you (laughs) being like, I'm not a stan. And then Caitlin paused and he goes, well, we may not find anyone but us who will identify as a stan of this show. And that got me a little upset because I think I'm not sure that she's right. I'm sure we probably could have found a true stand. But I do think that of all the teen teen dramas in general don't get, at least back in our day. Nowadays with Euphoria, they get a little prestige. 13 Reasons Why I got a little prestige. But back in our day, they were not considered very high quality and they weren't taken very seriously. And Wondery Hill, I agree, Caitlin, I think in particular kind of got shit on a lot by a lot of people and ignored by a lot of people and yet ran for nine seasons. Riddle me that, Batman. But upon rewatch, I realized something. One Tree Hill is actually modern day Ibsen come to life. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't know what I mean by Ibsen, I mean Henrik Ibsen. And by Henrik Ibsen, I mean the Norwegian playwright who was living from 1828 to 1906. Real quick, Professor Mode for you all. If you're like, why is Lauren talking about a dead Norwegian playwright? Well, that's because he was a really important and prolific playwright. He's often called the father of modern drama and is one of the founders and creators uh, that really pushed forward our modern realism ideas of what theater is. And he did a lot. Some of his plays you may be heard of, A Doll's House, Hedda Gabler, Pierre Gint, Ghosts, The Wild Duck. And I think a lot of us probably in school when we studied him, you know, we were taught that, oh, he was a feminist. Oh, he was like, blah, blah, blah. Words that he didn't know. But when I was first introduced to Henry Gibson and, oh boy, was I ever in ninth grade drama, baby. How I was introduced to him was that he was a playwright whose one of his primary themes was sins of the father mm-hmm. and what fathers pass down to their sons. This is actually an iconic moment in my education because I will never forget my high school drama teacher doing a lecture and going sins of the father and his voice broke in a way that indicated he had a lot of daddy issues and it really stayed with me shout out to michael if you're listening which i know you sometimes do yeah guys i do talk to my high school drama teacher and that's why 
I'm really normal. Anyways, um, so all of this is to say that I've been re-watching the show and there's so much going on on One Tree Hill. But nothing would happen if it wasn't for the epicenter of chaos, Dan Scott, father of Nathan Scott and Lucas Scott, though he sometimes pretends he's not. Everything <laughs> stems from this man. And I am obsessed with this. And I started doing, a re- I was doing a little Googling about Ibsen and the sins of the father. And I found this amazing um, scholarly article that actually talks about, it's it's more focused on wild duck. I thought I was going to be talking about ghosts for like STDs get passed down uh, from from father to child. But instead, I found this breakdown where they were talking about the three stages of the father, right? And they talk about how Ibsen has the patriarchal father, the fallen father, and then the loving but helpless father. And Dan Scott is all three of those, okay? When we meet Dan Scott, he's successful. He's running the car dealership. He's on top of the fucking world, but then we slowly start to see that get chipped away, right? He loses his uh, marriage. He loses his the son of the respect of his son. We find out all of these lies that his like empire was built on, and he becomes quite quickly the fallen father. Um, but then he becomes the revengeful father. But then many, many, many seasons later, when once again, his heart, he has so many heart attacks, by the way, like this guy, <laughs> season one, we're having a heart attack, whatever. But at the end, he ends his like um, character arc by being the loving but helpless father, because after destroying his relationship, not only because he was a bastard, but, you know, he killed his own brother. He did a lot of really fucked up stuff. But in the end, he ends up like sacrificing his life to save someone else and he gets shot and it's like in the end he is loving and he but he's so helpless because of all of the poor choices he's made so basically what i'm saying is one tree hill is a meditation on daddy issues and if henrik ibsen can be taught in college classrooms and held in reverence and if ibsen is you know revered truly truly revered then why not One Tree Hill. So I believe we need to rethink how we discuss these things because how is this different? Tell me how teen dramas are really that different. And we've seen it. You know, I think uh, 10 Things Hey Hate About You and other 90s uh, teen flicks have shown us. Clueless, right? Some of our most beloved and esteemed pieces of literature are really just teen dramas dressed a little differently. You know what I mean? Like popular culture got a bad name in the modern world. And so I don't really, I've kind of lost the plot here, but I just want One Tree Hill to be respected. And I think it's higher art than anyone gave it credit for. And that's my thesis statement. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And I'll I'll say this to yes Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. this. I've previously spoken on this very podcast about what I think the connection between Paul Johansson's character of Dan Scott on Mm -hmm. One Tree Hill and his character on Beverly Hills 90210, Mm -hmm. John Sears might be. I've put forward they might be the same person. That that is a joke. They aren't. But in casting someone that some of us Mm -hmm. had seen before on Beverly Hills 90210 and seen that character grow Mm -hmm. up. It's playing into what you're yeah. saying, the generational trauma. Yes. Uh, 
because we've seen him be a young man and now we're confronted with seeing him as a father, which is just fundamentally unsettling if you know you're it's generational change. Also, one of the things that is uh, an undercurrent is Dan's relationship with Whitey has deteriorated. Mm -hmm. He's lost his father and now he's seeing his father supplant him and his father's role. So he he hates Whitey yeah. too. Well, and I had forgotten that Dan's, his dad shows up in season one and we see that he's just perpetuating all of the yes. bad behavior from his father. So it really is that like learned behavior and it's seeping in and like, and it, all jokes aside, I, I, when I was sitting there watching some of these scenes, I was like, they're actually asking some big questions, right? Like as silly oh, yeah. as it may seem, like when Nathan's looking at his dad and is like, why are you doing to me exactly what your father did to you? How do you not have compassion? How do you not have understanding? It's like, damn. Like, that's actually, like, let's sit and ponder that for a minute. Like, why do we just repeat the mistakes of the past? Why do we never learn from them? And, like, I don't know. I'm having a lot of thoughts on my rewatch. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But, I, uh, Bobby, what do you yeah. think? Uh, there's a lot to take <laughs> in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do. I agree. I think that the teen drama really is one of the most perfect art mm -hmm. forms. Uh, when you think about it, because teenagers as characters have the highest are already like highly mm -hmm. emotional it's all out there their worlds are very contained there's a lot of other variables that are removed from it so you really focus on the relationships yeah. and like the feelings of it all uh and it does seem like one tree hill blended the sort of serious character stuff in a way with some of the more ridiculous soapy stuff in a way that the OC was a little snarkier mm -hmm. and a little snarkier is an understatement. It was like way mm -hmm. snarky. Yeah. Uh, all of them was like why I gravitated toward it probably. Sure. But this, uh, that didn't try to play it really straight at all. I think it didn't give its characters as much serious development the way that it, uh, what I'm getting from you is that One Tree Hill had a little bit more layers of relationship there without the trappings and dangers of maybe a bigger, a, co a more coastal city. Yeah. Even yeah. though Carolina's coastal, I guess, or whatever. Well, it is so interesting. Like, some, there is something about, like, the environment and forming the behavior of the characters, right? Like, in the OC, because of the sort of, like, roles they're playing, there's a fierce sort of resistance to any like inner reflection whereas like in one in tree hill like whether they want to or not they're sort of like we're gonna hold this mirror up and you kind of gotta look at it and like oh i i think the sheer number of seasons is part yeah. of this i think that the shows that strove to be more perfect mm -hmm. and let's get it done in four or five seasons and let's not have a dog ever eat yeah. a heart like <laughs> You don't have that time, but like, you know, it's like Pascal said, to understand is to forgive. If Dan Scott had only been in four right. seasons, we could never well, forgive him. Yes. You need nine seasons. And the same with Grey's Anatomy. How are we ever going to be wow. mad at Dr. Right. Weber? We're never going to be mad at him because we understand him. But to your point, wow. too, the staying power of One Tree Hill is the fact that they never let go of the fact that at the core, it was a father-son story, right? And the ver verbivations yep. of that. Like, Dan being there for as long as he fucking was, like, and that's why I really focused on the fathers and sons aspect, even though there were some amazing other, like, characters in Moira Kelly as Karen perfection. Karen, yeah, like, we haven't spoken about her. Uh, not, not, we're gonna have to do a second episode, clearly. Yeah, 
I'm sure there's a stand listening right now, and you're like, you should have had yeah. me. We'll probably do a second one. Second, so just third, fourth. There were, Sorry to disappoint. Uh, no, there's no, just, no, there no. were nine no, seasons. Don't come for me, Twitter. There were nine seasons. There were nine seasons. This is why people dedicate entire podcasts to one show. But, like, <laughs> you know what it is with yeah. this, too? I'm getting the vibe, too. Almost that, like, One Tree Hill House, almost like the cottage core mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. teen dramas, because it is not like Gossip Girl, 90210, Beverly yeah. Hills, California, OC. I just feel like without, I feel like the drama, the teen dramas I was told, uh, drawn to always had more of yeah. those, where I feel like that's such a part of the DNA of this show, down to the basketball yes. and whatever. Well, because to your point, even though they were all excruciatingly hot, they dressed yes. like my friends. Like, oh my, oh, did they? Oh, did they? <laughs> Their hats. It didn't feel as, like, aspirational in that sense, because it's like they were all, the guys were always wearing hoodies and basketball sure shorts, and the girls, like, I, I couldn't fit in their outfits, but my friends at school could, because, you know, that was, they didn't, even though they were in Car- the Carolinas, they still well, didn't have any fat people, so I do question that. <laughs> <laughs> Fact checker. Thank you. One thing, though, I'll say, like, I don't think One Tree Hill is as remembered in the upper echelon nope. of teen shows, but you look at our most recent reboot, and that is Gossip mm-hmm. Girl. And what plot did they immediately <gasps> steal from the very top? Wow. And it's the two half siblings meet at school. And they have, in this case, they have different dads, the same mm-hmm. mom, and they are girls. But as soon as they had to reboot one, they go mm. for this. I think that's interesting. And not not for nothing, the connection of Emily Allen uh, Lind playing one of the major stars of the new Gossip Girl, the daughter of Barbara Allen mm-hmm. Woods, who played Deb, aforementioned lovable alcoholic. Yeah. That is some serious. I mean, we've got Emily Allen Lind growing up on the yeah. set of One Tree Hill, and now she's bringing it to Gossip Girl. And I think she's one of the better actors on the show. Oh, she's really good. I really like her. 10 out of 10. <laughs> she learned Love from it. Hillary Burton. She was watching her anyways so bobby based on what you've learned today both in your research and from this this discussion um are you ready to become one tree hill stan are you ready honestly yes (laughs) honestly i i I truly am when i tell you like looking at just like Mm -hmm. pictures and clips and it's like i am back in 2003 Mm -hmm. which again talk about a cultural reset talk about a vibe shift like wow wow uh between like the it's crazy i was having like uh sensory flashbacks of like ball chain necklaces and pop collars and like all Mm -hmm. kinds of things it was deeply upsetting but also thrilling there is an episode in season two where brooke puts peyton on a like early version of like a dating website and it is the wildest exploration of technology ever also i had forgotten that for like full seasons Peyton just always has a web camera on and you can just watch her and it's there's so much weird like we're trying to figure out what technology is stuff she's a cam girl but that has no cultural meaning at the time (laughs) it's crazy Uh, anyways continue uh, what a time capsule (laughs) what a time capsule anything else that stood out to you or any final thoughts or questions uh Bobby about One Tree Hill and your new hobby of watching it yeah, I just I'm just gonna put on just like one of those like 2003 sort of like uh, asymmetrical mm-hmm. ribbed turtleneck sweaters from H and M, and just I'm gonna uh, highlight my tips, and I'm just gonna dive right right into this warm blanket. We love it. Oh my gosh! Well, thank you, Bobby, for being here. Now that our stand stands are even more in love with you, uh, where do they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Probably is the most uh, useful. It's at Bobby Hank B O B B Y H A N K. 
All right. Nice. You know, you can find us at We Stand Social. And of course, you can watch the web series on We Stand Social at Instagram, also on Vimeo. Look for the link on our socials. Also, if you haven't already, check out some of the hot pics uh, of Bobby hosting or screening. He really <laughs> served a look and it was beautiful. Well, y- y'all brought it. I mean, you first of all, you say step and repeat and it's like, I, I understood the assignment, <laughs> you know? Uh, but then also, you both had such great Thank outfits you. on. I'm so glad. I showed up and I was like, okay, I'm glad that I feel like I, I've risen to the challenge here because um, you really set a high bar. And it was your night and you absolutely <laughs> were the stars of that whole evening. Oh. Bobby, well, always top you. of the class. Uh, if you want to be top of the class, a couple things you can do to get some extra credit, Stan Stans. First and foremost, make sure you've got tickets to our live show, either in person at Caveat here in New York City or live streamed on the interwebs. It's April 13th and we're going to be at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. 7 p.m. So no excuses, people. Uh, the link is posted on our social. You can DM us if you can't find it. But you want to come. You want to party. Clearly, we're having fun. Uh, the other thing is uh, we love a five-star review. We like a like. We like a subscribe. We love a share. So keep spreading the word, Stan Stan. Because, you know, final season is around the corner. And if nothing else, I'm going to need a wellness check. So... Yeah. And we'll be doing WB Madness for a few weeks. If you if you come in with a mm-hmm. hot take for a show, any anything, anything yeah. you need us to know, DM us or or email us. We send social at Gmail and let us know. Have your voice be heard. Yeah. We know we sprung this one on you without you being able to give any feedback, but also that's life. Okay. That's the frog and life. Folks, you know we love a stand mail. So if you do want to say something, you could always send us a voice memo and you know we're gonna play it. So don't be afraid. Probably. Unless you do something really free. Well, then I will play it, but probably on a live stream situation. We're, you know, mm-hmm. Patreon, which we still haven't yeah. set up. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thank, thank you, Bobby. Bobby. We, we love, love you. you. We stand Thank now. you for having Bye. me. Bye. Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My grand says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready, for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a Storyglass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts.